This is an outstanding time of the year, and uh, we want you to know we are so glad that each of you is with us this evening. If I give you the name Leonard Slatkin, I would imagine all of you who are familiar with music, especially classical music, would recognize him as the, the internationally acclaimed American conductor. He's known throughout the world. They, uh, several years ago, they posed a question to him. They, they said, you know, what would happen if we took perhaps the finest violin player in the world and took him and put him in a, in a crowded place where lots of people would pass by, like a thousand plus people, and not only have this violin player there, but playing some of the most sophisticated, intricate, best music that has ever been written. What would happen? Well, Slatkin said, well, you know, I, I'm certain that, uh, you know, people are going to notice. Uh, he's thinking, you know, now if this took place in Europe, why, there'd be throngs of people that would come and just stop. They would recognize who's playing and they'd listen. He did it in America. He says, well, certainly you're going to have about 35 to 40 people that are just going to just stop and they're going to recognize the quality of the music and they will be spellbound. But you're going to have at least another 75 to 100 other people that are just they're just be mesmerized by how good this guy is and they will stop and listen to the music. And so they said, so you think a crowd would gather? Oh, absolutely. Would he make any money if he opened up his case? Oh, yeah, for sure. How much? Well, at least one hundred and fifty dollars. Well, they didn't leave it in the hypothetical. This event actually took place. And they actually videotaped it. The person that was selected and asked to do this was none other than Joshua, uh, Joshua Bell, the internationally acclaimed violin player. In fact, he's recognized as perhaps one of the finest, if not the finest musician in the world. And so he was asked if he would come and play six of Bach's most sophisticated, difficult pieces. Now, if you're unfamiliar with who Joshua Bell is, uh, this was a child prodigy, and at age of 39, uh, he is well known throughout the whole entire world. So he's he's played in symphonies everywhere. For instance, just right before this event took place, he played at Boston Stately Symphony Hall, and just to get a semi-decent seat cost you a hundred bucks just a seat. He was he's so good that two weeks later, when he was playing, that people would there was a standing room only. People would actually stifle any cough that they might have to wait to in-between movements just because of their high degree of appreciation for this man and his skill. He played these six Bach pieces at the Washington, D.C., in Washington, D.C., at a subway. And it happened on January 12, 2007, about 7.51 in the morning. They had a hidden camera recording this, and he played those exact same pieces with perfection, standing there and dressed in plain clothes with his case open. So what exactly happened? Well, all you have to do is watch the video. Well, for a while, no one did anything. Everybody just kind of passed by like, oh, there's another street musician. Three minutes, three minutes into this, there was a middle-aged man, and he, he noticed the musician that was playing there. He stopped for a few seconds and then went on. Four minutes later, this man receives, Joshua receives his first dollar. A woman walks by, doesn't even stop, but she throws a dollar into his case. At six minutes, there was a younger man. He kind of took a look. He actually leaned against a wall, watched him for just, just a brief couple seconds, looked at his watch, and took off. Then a little bit later on, about ten minutes into this, a mom with a three-year-old boy comes off the subway, and they're walking by there. The three-year-old boy stops. 
And he's like trying to take it all in. But the mom pulls him along. The little boy tries to stop again. In fact, this scene with children was repeated throughout the 43 minutes in which he played, where children would stop to try to listen and their parents would just kind of move them right along and tug them along. Well, this all took place after he got done playing, after 43 minutes, playing the most sophisticated, most beautiful of music. All told, only six people stopped for even a brief amount of time. Twenty people would walk by and give money. How much did he haul in? This world-renowned violinist playing a Stradivari violin, its value at $3.5 million, perhaps the finest violin in the world. He hauled in a whopping $32.17. Yes, there were some people who felt like, oh, this is worth about a penny or two pennies, and they threw it in the case. Only one person at the very end actually recognized who this was and actually talked to him afterwards. You know, isn't that so insightful to human nature, to how we're like? It's so revealing because we so often miss what is most beautiful and what is most important. In fact, you know what? It's happening this very hour. That which is most beautiful and most important is being missed by millions. Perhaps it's even being missed by you. You see, around the world, Christmas is celebrated and recognized. If you would ask anybody on the street today, hey, what's so significant about tomorrow? They'd say, oh, yeah, it's Christmas. What's the big deal? After they get through gifts, Santa Claus, oh, yeah. And uh, some of them are going to say, yes, Jesus' birthday. He He was born. We recognize his birth on December 25th. And people... People are maybe familiar with Jesus. Some people know quite a bit about him. Here in the Bible Belt, there's folks that know quite a bit of detail about Jesus. And yet, this is the sad reality. Every Christmas goes by, and most people miss the Christ of Christmas. You see, Christmas is a celebration of the miraculous birth of Jesus. Not only is the fact that he was actually born of a virgin as the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, an amazing miracle causing us to greatly marvel and identifying that this is indeed God's son. But the miracle of Christmas is that the son of God, the eternal son of God, actually entered into humanity. He took on humanity upon himself so that he would eternally be the God man. And he came to our earth. And he came not just to say, wow, look at the great and mighty power of God that he can do this. Jesus came for an explicit purpose. The Bible actually makes this crystal clear. In fact, if you want one of the finest statements so that you don't miss the Christ of Christmas, just listen to the words of Jesus in John chapter 5, verse 24. He says this, truly, truly, I say to you, he says, pay close attention to to what I'm going to say. He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. The reason why Christ came is so that you and I could truly experience what the Bible calls eternal life. It is a life of abundance. It is life lived in relationship with God. And the only way that that would be possible is if someone, uh, someone, God specifically, would address the sin issue in our life. All the things that we do in disregard to God and our self-centeredness 
Someone has to pay, and that is why God sent his son to offer us eternal life, a life of abundance, a life that we might know joy and peace, his patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, a life that comes from his spirit that is experienced when we, as the text says, believe him, believe that God sent him for this purpose. You see, a lot of people are hearing. In fact, you right now may be hearing. Yeah, Jesus came to this earth. I've heard it. But it's not enough just to hear these things or even to know them. You must actually believe. And you go, you might go, well, I got drug here and I didn't even really want to come. I'm being nice. It is Christmas. But believe? Come on. I'm not a person of faith. I didn't grow up that way. I came from another religion. Let's, let's settle this matter for, for just once for all. Every single person is a person of faith. I mean, did you ever get in a car? You know how risky that is. Did you go to a restaurant? Did you ever test the food that they gave you? Or did you just have faith that indeed, that, well, of course that food is poisoned and it's going to be fine. If you, uh, one of the major acts of faith that a person could experience in this life is to actually get on an airplane. Have you ever thought about how does this hunk of metal actually get itself into the air, fly, and get to another destination, the one I want to? You see, we exercise faith all the time. And every single person has an understanding of why they're here, where they're going, and how in the world uh, they're going to actually make it through life. You have some system of belief, whether you're trusting in some God, whether you have some sort of system, you're trusting in another person, a government, or yourself. You see, the miracle of Jesus is this. He says, if you will truly not only hear my words, but believe him who sent me, you will have eternal life. You'll not come into judgment because God has made it clear he's upholding justice in the universe. He is going to judge sin. But if you're trusting Christ, Christ actually takes that judgment and pays that penalty in your place. That's why Christmas, and especially Christ, is so amazing. It's why we worship him. You know, one of the beauties of eternal life is this is that God never remembers our sins. He actually chooses not to remember because he always sees us united with him. And we all have sin. I'm standing up here as like the chief of sinners. We've all had things like a horrid lie that was told or a business trip that took you far, far away from home. Or the times you've exploded with anger or things that you have done when you were asked to respond and you failed to show up. Jealousy, something that you've said, some bitterness that you've held over some person, perhaps for years. The beauty of Christmas is that Christ has come for this purpose, to take away our sin, that we can know the genuine joy of knowing God, experiencing forgiveness and having his life forever. But the reality is, even though Christmas songs are playing in the radio and we're even perhaps even at a church service, most people will miss the Christ of Christmas. I was reading of a woman who, maybe this is your story. She'd been out shopping and it, it was crazy. You know how it is. You've got all the crowds. They have, you know, generally you can only get two carts through the aisle and there's about 25 in there. Every time she would go to get that one gift that she really wanted, she'd show up there only to find out that, and yes, indeed, it sold out two days ago. The two that they had that they advertised on the front page of their ad, yeah, we sold both of those and they're, they're gone. 
She was completely frustrated and frazzled. She's got all her, all of apparently her packages. She approaches an elevator. The elevator opens up, and you know how it is. And it's Christmas time. Everybody's got their stuff, right? And there's, there's hardly any room. And but they can read on this woman's face, like, let me in, okay? So he's like, okay. So they all kind of hunker in there. She comes in with all her packages, and she, you could, everybody could tell that she was steamed. She turns around, okay, the door is closed, and then she makes this statement, you know, whoever is responsible for this whole Christmas business, they ought to be arrested, strung up, and shot. And there are the others are like, yeah, that's right. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. And they're kind of grumbling in agreement. And then apparently there was just this one lone voice in the back of the elevator that said this. Hey, don't worry about it. They already crucified him. You see, we can so easily get caught up in in really good things, whether it be buying presents for people or getting that meal just right, trying to make the various parties, making it decent for the kids. But we can miss the Christ of Christmas. And to miss him is life's greatest tragedy because there is no true authentic relationship with God apart from him. There's no forgiveness of sins apart from him. There's no true depth of life apart from knowing Christ. And that's why I said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. You know, many retailers and many consumers, you perhaps, you want this to be the best and the greatest Christmas. You want the greatest gift. The reality is that the best Christmas and the greatest gift is the first Christmas, the day in which the Savior of the world entered in humanity and was born. You know what Christmas is? Christmas is this. It is God's call to the world to respond to the coming of Christ. And so what will you do with Jesus? Right now, now that it's quiet, now that God has your full attention, what will you do with Jesus? Who are you, honestly, putting your faith in and trusting? Another person? God of your own making? Government? Yourself? Really? Jesus' invitation is this. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will forgive your sins. And you can know me, and you can know life eternal. But you not only have to hear, you have to believe. And so Christmas is God's call to the world to respond to the coming of Christ. And yet, as the good news, this gospel goes forth throughout the world, especially on Christmas. There will be millions that will, like the fiddle player, the world's greatest violin player, playing the world's most beautiful music, done with extreme exception, will simply pass him by. Friends, without Christ, there's no life, no true authentic spiritual life, and no hope. So what will it be? Tonight, 
Will tonight be your night of just placing your faith in Christ, setting your fears aside, and experiencing the joy of your salvation? Or will you simply go back to life without God? So I would just urge you, tonight would you stop and listen? And please do not miss the Messiah. See, God not only wants us to hear the beauty of the message that Christ has come, He wants us to experience the joy of his life. For he who died for our sins has been resurrected and he's alive and he is fully capable of forgiving you and giving you eternal life. And so this silent night, do you hear the voice and the heart of the Savior? The scripture says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For Christmas is God's call to the world to respond to the coming of Christ. And he came for you. Let's pray. Lord, we come on this Christmas, Christmas 2010. Some of us have traveled a long ways to be here. And others have come just across the street. And yet you have brought us here for this purpose. That we might truly know your son and we would understand the significance of the season. And we would know that by trusting him, we can have forgiveness of our sins. We can have authentic spiritual life in him. And we can know the joy, the joy of knowing Jesus. And so, Lord, if there's people here today who have never placed their faith in him, would they just pray with me and say, Lord, you know about me and. My plans, my self-centeredness, the things that I've done that I'm embarrassed and ashamed about, things that I'm broken over. Lord, I, I turn from my sin. And tonight, this Christmas, I place my faith, my hope, and my trust in your son. I believe he died for my sins. I believe on the basis of his resurrection, he can truly forgive me and give me eternal life in him. And tonight, I not only hear his words, but I believe him who sent me. And Lord, for all of us, your son is our joy and our great delight. And this evening, we worship you from the depth of our heart. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.